Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. Today's episode comes from some listener questions. We asked some questions a few weeks back, uh, and one of those questions was, what do you want to know, or what are you wondering, or what are you stuck on when it comes to backwards planning. Here at Brave New Teaching, we have very specific methods and strategies that we live and die by when it comes to curriculum and curriculum planning. We've made a whole stinking course about it called Curriculum Rehab. Many of you have gone through that that program and you're like, yep, it is specific. It is to the point. And guess what? These strategies work. And so Amanda and I are here to answer some of the most common questions that we get about backwards planning. We kind of lumped them all together and it's going to be a quick episode, but we are excited to address the like really pointed questions that you guys have. I think this episode is going to be wonderful for everyone who's in any range or experience with backwards planning. Um, I remember being brand new to this, but even as I've learned more, I perfect my craft a little bit more each time I do it. So we're happy to have you, whether you're uh, a, a veteran in this process or you're just kind of figuring it out for the first time, this episode will be a great crash course for you getting started. So let's hop on in, Marie. I'm pumped. All right, let's cue the music. listening to Brave New Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. 
in our intro, Amanda mentioned being a new teacher or new to backwards planning. I remember in, gosh, 2006 when I was in my credential program and I was directly taught backwards planning. You start with the end in mind and then you go backwards and there ended the lesson. <laughs> like, I was like, yep. I, I just remember like eating it up and being like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. Yeah. It's just like planning a party where like you think about how you want it to be. But, and then I would like sit down to do my lesson planning and I was like, mm, I no longer understand what to do. Like, so I'm happy that we are answering some of these questions today because it sounds like a lot of you out there, a lot of our friends out there are in the same place that I was going, yeah, totally plan backwards. How? Well, yeah, because conceptually, it absolutely makes sense. But then in practice, and then with a team, and then with um, mandated pieces of your curriculum, everything gets really messy, really fast. And if you're not lucky enough to have a solid core team of teachers to work with, and you're floating out there on your own, this can be really hard. So hopefully we can get you guys in a better place today. Because I remember that too, Marie. I remember thinking, oh, okay, I've got this. I'm in my undergrad. Like, you know, everything, you know, you're in your oh, undergrad sure. and then you have an no, actual yeah. class of people and you're like, oh, these humans, there's a lot of standards. There's a lot of different assessments I can do. Like, what do I, how do I, uh, God. right. And yeah. then you just get, for, well, and even with like an amazing team of teachers can have moments too, where they just go, we know how to do this. And we've forgotten how to do this or yep. like, Oh, yep. we know how to do this. And then now we are stuck because of the overwhelm that takes place. Cause there is a freaking lot to think about when it comes yeah. to like really good curriculum planning. And so what the questions kind of came down to that we heard from you, you know, we kind of categorized into three sections. So what we're going to talk to you guys about right now, we're going to look at this idea of assessments, right? Backwards planning from the assessment. A lot of you had questions about kinds of assessments, like what do you do? How do you get that written first? Um, And then we're going to talk a little bit about standards. Um, There were questions that you guys had about how many to pick and what to use and how those line up with the backwards planning process. But then a lot of you also were wondering about this idea of flexibility and how to still maintain that day-to-day flexibility within a backwards planned unit. You know, I I do that piece. I remember starting and I I remember meeting a teacher in my first couple of years and she's like, oh yeah, here's my calendar. I have the next three months planned. And I thought, oh my gosh, this girl, she does not adapt to her students' needs. Oh, (laughs) I I was like all judgy. I remember the same moment of being like, when do I get to be like you? Because I never knew what was going to happen tomorrow. Like, I, right. and then the next day seemed six years from now, but it was really only 48 hours away. Like, yes. it's coming. And so I was like, once I get to the point where I have three months planned in advanced, I will have finally arrived. Like, that was the idea yeah. I had in my head. And that, that's where I am right now. And I love my life. Well, yes, but it's no, like, I wanted a rigid plan. Right. Without oh, oh, flexibility. And it then easy. it took, it took getting there to go, Oh wait, no, this doesn't work at all. Take it easy. Marie. Yeah, exactly. Easy. Like pump the all brakes. Right. Back yeah. It up. Deep breath. Little yoga. Speaking, speaking um, of backing it up, speaking, <laughs> shall we start at the end and back yeah. it up through backwards planning? We should. Gonna, okay. All right. So I should, I should stop layering in the terrible metaphor. Fantastic. Yes. Yes. Okay. We're over it. Okay. Assessments first, Amanda. Assessments first. So oh, that you're going to ask me a question. <laughs> I, w- I was, and then it flew out of my head. Um, so when I sit down to begin 
unit planning. And this is exactly what we teach in curriculum rehab, everybody. So those of you who are curriculum rehabbers nodding along like, yep, 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 yep. We're just going to keep checking all the things, right? Uh, when I sit down to plan an assessment, actually, our first two questions are really pretty intertwined for yes. me because I don't try to fit in the standards, right? That's like the question that we kept getting. How do you fit in the standards? I start with the standards and the yep. standards dictate the assessment and the assessment dictates the lessons. Boom. What yep. do you have that? Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to like boil it down and be like, duh guys. I'm just saying that's like the yeah. process that I go through. But if we're really talking about assessments first, whatever it is that I need students to perform right mastery of, I start there and that's what it is. And then that can be broken down into a process that you can move backwards through. So, so another way of thinking about that or, or envisioning it in your mind, if you're hearing Maria and you're thinking, okay, I get what you're saying, but I can't see it. See this, right? So see your assessment and then your standards are the rubric, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So your rubric is what you're going to grade, use to grade the assessment or assess the assessment. And so your rubric for said assessment is going to be the row by row the standards that you're assessing. So if we're talking right now about backwards planning, we're, we're mostly talking about a summative assessment. So some kind of assessment that's going to summarily, right, look at the big picture of what students learned across the course of a unit. So if we want to think about that as a really big thing, you can. Like some units re require um multiple standards to be assessed. And, and I've done, you know, semester long summatives that are, you know, worked on like big research projects that take a whole semester and they have checkpoints and rubrics, but you know, that that's just one way of looking at it. A summative assessment can also be really simple. It can be something like an essay. Um, and that essay has the components of writing that were focused on during the unit. Um, and if you also did a lot of reading, you can have a separate reading assessment. So there's nothing that says you have to put every skill from the unit onto one summative. You can have multiple. I mean, I, I really think that that's um, one of the things that has saved me with backwards planning is that I know I want to assess their literary analysis with an essay, but I also want to get to the heart of the essential question we studied with a Socratic seminar. So by having that balance of assessments, I really like that because my kids who flourish sometimes with speaking and in that seminar, um, they're a little bit more challenged in the writing and vice versa. Some kids who show up to write get a little bit more bashful and shy or, or you know, have a harder time with speaking. So I kind of give them different ways to show the skills that they've learned during a unit. And so using kind of um, types of assessments, I think that are kind of open-ended things like a Socratic seminar, an essay um, that to me is going to also connect back to the flexibility piece that I really like. Yeah. Well, and also we're, and we're going to get into flexibility in just one second. I have one quick last thought on assessments and standards. We just kind of clumped the two together. Yeah. Um, once you've got your assessment that builds in whatever standards it is, like Amanda was just saying, you you have for yourself the end point in curriculum rehab, we call it like building a roadmap, right? You've got your destination. So yep. this can kind of like be another way to visualize. There are many paths to the destination, right? 
all roads really can lead to Rome. It's just a matter of how winding you're going to make it, how straight and narrow to the point you're going to make it. And that will all depend on how many standards you are addressing within that assessment, right? So like you can take it one assessment at a time and work backwards. If you're doing multiple assessments, you're going to need to see that there are multiple paths that you're following. Is that like... That's the way I can see it in my head is like, here I am on day, whatever, at the beginning of this path and the fork in the road is going to come and I might turn and then we're going to loop back and wh- what, whatever that means, you- you've got it right there for you once you figure out your assessment and how you're going to grade it and what standards are going to be addressed and how they're going to be addressed, et cetera. And then you get to say, now, how do I make sure they can be successful? And then you build those steps. One thing that's also helped me since we're still kind of on the standards conversation and how that blends with assessments. um, In recent years, I've taken the time and it's been worth it to actually sit down and transform my standards from what they are as written into something that is not only in student-friendly language, but broken down into smaller targets. I feel like when I give a target at the start of a lesson, I used to give like an entire standard. And that's mostly because I was just like, this is stupid. Um, but the more that I spent time, like actually making the standards work for me, like I I've written my own set of standards to be perfectly honest. So well, yeah, you have my to standards into both teacher and student-friendly language. It's, I mean, right. We sit there and we are obviously academics. Like we are obviously kind of nerdy, but I look at those standards sometimes and I'm like, huh? Right. Yeah. So, and I, so I kind of have taken like what's in common core because we don't really talk about common core anymore, but there's not really another place in Illinois for us to go. The Illinois state standards are really convoluted and messy. So we have this kind of like go for the standards, but no one knows what standards. So I wrote my own. And so for English three, I based it on, well, what are the things that we want them to be able to do by the time they're seniors? So my standards are kind of more on vertical alignment than they are on some kind of national alignment. Um, And there's also a lot of things that I want my students to learn that are outside of what common core has even said. PS my friends, there's nothing about a poetry standard anywhere ever since the dawn of time. And it makes me crazy that creativity and poetry are not part of the expectation in any kind of standards. I mean, maybe there are in other States, but I I add in the big six. Like I want them to, I want my kids to learn and master the big six throughout their time in my class. And that's one of my standards. I would say in California, we, I mean, cause we have like analyzing authors craft and author style and that sort of a thing. And so that to me, is literature, is nonfiction, is poetry, right? Is all of these different things, but we have nothing creative when it comes to the writing standards. Yeah. Which is frustrating because then you kind of go, well, no wonder people feel like they can't quote unquote fit that stuff in. Right. Right. So I, I want to just give you permission to adapt them to something realistic for your classroom. And if someone's going to ask you what standard you're teaching, go ahead and hand them whatever they're looking for. But between you and your students and you and your own right direction and planning, it's okay to take one ginormous convoluted standard and break it into three or four smaller targets that you write in your own words, because yep. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, and you're the one doing the grading and making the like rubric and all that. So, right. Okay. And we know how kids are doing. Well, yeah. And speaking of you're the one, let's talk about flexibility because you're the one who knows what's going on and you're the one who's in your classroom and knows where your students are at. Um, I, like I said before, I used to operate under the idea that when I had a solid plan and I knew it was happening from day to day to day, I didn't have to think about it anymore. And that is true to a certain extent. 
I have my entire year planned. Now we are still in the midst of a pandemic <laughs> as we are recording this. So the word flexible has a whole new meaning, right? Like bend and bend and bend and then loop around and then stretch and then make a sharp angle, but then keep bending um, is basically what we've all been doing. And so having my year long plan made it, it has made it possible for me to be able to be flexible. Like it is the thing that is so like I've, I've kind of doubled back to a certain extent. I have every day planned. I know what's going on and I know what we're going to be doing day to day to day. But that also means that I know how to move stuff because I can see the end, because I can see all the checkpoints along the way. We've come to the point where like I've had to with this back and forth about reopening in my own district, I've, I've had to cut major parts that like maybe go, oh, there are a couple standards we're not going to get to this term. Hopefully we get to it next term. And, I, and that's part of flexibility. Right. But when it comes down to like day to day lesson planning, being able to see the end and knowing that I have that roadmap already built means I can detour. Yep. A hundred percent. And I think for, for backwards planning novices. So if you're listening to us and you're like, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Right. So what Marie, I love the, she's bringing up the metaphor we use of the roadmap. So if you guys are picturing your unit, let's, let's go with an example. Let's say, let's say your unit is 90 days, right? There's a little bit of math involved here, which I hate to admit you have 90 day unit. You have an assessment on day, right? 88 because you're going to build in those two extra days for the kids who are absent or the kids who have IEPs need extended time, blah, blah, blah. Or just remediation in the first place. Because right. I mean, although I'm perfect every time, the first time sure. I teach a lesson, a hundred percent of students learn everything. Sure. But I guess not everybody's like that. <gasps> sure. So you have, so you have like day 88 is, is your summative assessment, right? Or whatever this might be. So what, what, what we're talking about here with flexibility is we want to have a structure for those 87 days that gets us to that place. So Marie and I have done episodes about envisioning a unit. We've done episodes about pacing a class period. So all of this is kind of coming together to say, I need to make sure that I get from point A to point B in that time frame. So I need to create what Marie used the word are checkpoints, right? So I know for sure in that amount of time, I need to do these things. Uh, so if you're doing a novel unit, for example, you need to read, if you're doing the great Gatsby, right, there are nine chapters. So you need to read nine chapters. So in that amount of time, start by bookmarking when you want those pieces to be accomplished. That's going to help you with the pacing. And then you have kind of smaller sections to be flexible within, right? So kind of like Marie's talking about, like maybe in chapter one, you like to do three activities, but now you're going to do one of them because you need to move on to chapters two and three, which is the next section of your unit. So that's kind of where I see flexibility is templating out as much as possible and like bookending or checkpointing your unit as much as you can. And then you can leave three or four days empty, quote unquote, like on your calendar. But you know that this day, this day and this day, we're going to finish or, or be at this benchmark. Um, and those benchmarks are probably formative assessments right? So that's kind of what you want to work with with your calendar, I'd say, are those those dates. You also want to take into account any funky days where there's going to be half days, late-ins, uh, holidays, stuff like that. That's all going to really just help you feel like you're not trying to catch your breath and panicking because you couldn't fit something in because you didn't actually backwards plan, not just the content, but the actual 
days themselves and how they look on the calendar in those months that you're doing the unit. Um, I do this too, like week by week with the types of lessons that I use. Um, we talk about this a lot in curriculum rehab, how to template out your weeks. Um, but you know, for example, like I like to assess my students once a week formally, like an actual, a quiz or a piece of writing, something other than a poll or a check-in. So I, every single Monday, I have an assessment planned. I might not have written it or know what's going to be in it, or I might be changing the questions along the way, but I know that for those six weeks of my unit, there will be six Mondays and six assessments. So I think that might help you when you think about flexibility, you can say, I'm going to do this on this day, but you don't actually have to have the whole script written. Yeah. And this is like Amanda said, this is exactly, we take our curriculum rehab students for lack of a better term, like the teachers who are in curriculum rehab, we take them through this process step by step by step with examples. I mean, and it sounds like, oh, because I, I know, I know exactly if I was listening to this podcast, I'd be like, yep, I've got it. And then I would sit down to do it and go, I don't got it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so if, if that's what's like happening in your near future, you're not alone. This is very complicated. There's, there's a reason that we can spend so much time and we spend like an entire four lesson module talking about putting together a calendar and backwards planning the nitty gritty pieces within our course, because it, it takes, it takes practice. It takes guidance. It takes modeling. It takes repetition. Um, and even still, I have to go back sometimes and go, okay, wait a minute, slow down, pump the brakes. Yeah. Let's do this in the actual proper way because I know that the proper way works. Yeah. So, so if I think if we were to kind of like, just like pump the brakes, right. And look at this conversation from like a bullet point standpoint, I would say we're, we're, we're what we've tried to talk, tried to share with you today is yes. In backwards planning, we start with our assessments first, but you assessments could be flexible. They can be open-ended. There can be multiple, um, but your assessments are going to be the end point of your roadmap, the destination and knowing what that is. Um, at least a sketch of that is really important before you start going back to all the other pieces that are going to get there. Um, we also talked about standards are, are the thing that actually help you design that assessment. They're the rubric for that assessment. And those are also part of the checkpoints moving closer and closer to the end. So once you've got your standards and your assessment lined up for the end of your unit, you move back to day one and start building what, how kids are going to get to that endpoint, And you can do that with flexibility by, right, templating out or chunking out sections of that unit to accomplish certain goals. Um, and it just takes practice. It also takes on your end, you know, you might want to beg your department chair to let you teach that course more than once. Um, I, I really think it's, incredibly beneficial for especially new teachers to have experience in that same course back to back years. Cause you get better at it every for time sure. you do it every time I, am, I can teach sophomores in my sleep. Yes. Especially that pacing. This is, if you're yes. brand new, you are really guessing and that's okay. Cause you guessing is still better than just pretending like you don't know what you're doing. Cause you do, you know how to do this. You're a big kid um, and we're here to help you uh, in so many ways. Uh, but that's definitely, I think that that's the blueprint of this episode is assessments and standards are at the end and then flexibly work your way into those and see how it goes and reevaluate for the next time. 
And I know we've talked a lot actually during this podcast episode about curriculum rehab, and that is for a very good reason. It's because we are going to be opening the doors to curriculum rehab in just a couple of weeks. We are working on putting our masterclass down with the reading quiz, talking about formative assessments that actually really work for you and work for your students. Um, all, all of the jazz that goes with when we open the doors to curriculum rehab, that is coming up very, very soon. So if you are not already on our email list, Make sure you head to bravenewteaching.com and get yourself on that email list so you can hear all of the news about what we are doing with the course, what we're doing with this masterclass. Um, and you can come and join us. The masterclass is completely free and curriculum rehab. We've had a lot of teachers who have been able to get their admin or their district to pay for it. So we can help you get those PD funds that are starting to come in, right? We're starting to get some PD funds around our country again for different reasons. Um, and so we can, we can help you with that. If that is something that you are interested in, just send us an email to breathe new teaching at email or, you know, DM us on Instagram, whatever it is, uh, make sure that you head to the show notes so that you can see bullet pointed again, <laughs> what Amanda has just gone through. And if you would all take a moment when you, I mean, if you're driving, don't do it now. Cause that's very dangerous. Uh, but if you have a moment to give us a review and a rating on iTunes, it helps other teachers find this podcast and find this community of brave new teachers. So we can all help each other and work smarter, not harder. You know, we would love to come alongside you as your coaches and almost literally hold your hand through this process uh, in curriculum rehab. That's what we're there for, to be giving you much more personal attention and specific recommendations for your units. Uh, we work with teachers across the content areas. We have science teachers, we have history teachers, we've got middle school teachers, um, you, you name it, you know, curriculum is, and mapping and, and planning. This is a universal um important universal work that we all do and can really change the way that you feel about your job and the way you feel about interacting with kids and feeling successful about what you're doing in your classroom. So we would love to come hold your hands and yep. help you. More information at bravenewteaching.com. And that is it for us this week, friends. We will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.